Hey there, Sean. Hope you're navigating through your day smoothly. Yes, and while you're at it, let's dive into what's making headlines this Thursday. First up on your list. In the world of education technology, Baiju's has completed a $200 million rights issue. But it's not all smooth sailing as major investors express concerns, stirring tensions within the company. Amidst calls for an extraordinary general meeting to potentially remove its founder and his family members, Baiju's is facing a critical juncture. Can this move save the company's value? I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker, and this is Up Next from PocketPod News. Moving on to some groundbreaking developments in AI technology, Groke has unveiled its language processing units that are turning heads for their speed, outpacing the industry standard GPUs. With promises of revolutionizing real-time communication with AI chatbots, Groke's innovation might just be what the future ordered, but will they stand up to giants like Nvidia and Google? And in international news, the U.S. is tightening its sanctions grip on Russia following the death of opposition leader Alexei Navalny and ongoing tensions over Ukraine. Targeting Russia's defense and industrial sectors, these measures aim to hold Putin accountable while pressing for transparency in Navalny's death and Russia's actions in Ukraine. From tech startups facing investor rifts to advancements in AI chip technology and escalating U.S.-Russia tensions, we're covering all angles to keep you informed. Stay with us. We've got all the news you need to start your day right here on Up Next. This message is brought to you by Pocket Pod. Say goodbye to one-size-fits-all podcasts and hello to a fully personalized listening experience with AI-crafted podcast made just for you. Head over to pocketpod.app to join the waitlist. Turning our focus to the tech and education sectors, Baiju's, the Bengaluru-based edtech startup once valued at a staggering $22 billion, is making headlines again. Indeed, amidst internal governance issues and a challenging market environment, Baiju's has managed to fully subscribe its $200 million rights issue. But that's not all. The company is navigating through a rift with some of its key investors and grappling with delayed IPO plans. To help us unpack these developments and understand what this means for Baiju's future, we're joined by PocketPod News Business and finance correspondent Scott Dwyer. Scott, there's a lot to unravel here from investor confidence to governance concerns. Where do we start? Indeed, Jonathan, there's a rich tapestry of events unfolding at Baiju's. Let's start with the $200 million rights issue that Baiju's announced last month. This would value the company at only a $20 to $25 million, a significant drop from its previous valuation of $22 billion and a far cry from its potential $40 billion space evaluation. Despite all this, though, Biu was at least able to convince some investors to pony up the cash to complete the rights issue. That's quite interesting, Scott. But amidst this, there seems to be a rift with some major investors? Yes, that's correct. There's been a noticeable split between Baiju's and some of its largest shareholders, notably Process and Peak 15. These heavyweights opted out of participating in the rights issue, which could potentially dilute their equity stake nearly entirely, which might say more about how many investors value this company than anything else. This non-participation is most likely tied to the growing rift between the founder, Biju Raviendran, and many investors of the company who have been calling for a change in leadership. So this comes down to governance concerns? Absolutely. Governance concerns have come uh, to the forefront with Process leading a group calling for an extraordinary general meeting aiming to remove founder Raviendran along with his family from the EdTech group. 
scheduled for this Friday. This EGM marks a critical point for Baiju's as it could lead to significant changes in its leadership structure, a clear indication that governance and investor relations are under intense scrutiny. And how do these internal dynamics play into Baiju's broader market challenges? Well, these internal challenges compound the difficulties Baiju's faces in raising new funding amid tough market conditions, exacerbated by factors such as Russia's invasion of Ukraine last February. These conditions have not only affected its business outlook, but also delayed plans for an IPO through a SPAC deal initially planned for early 2022. They've also been on quite the acquisition spree over the past couple of years. Yes, they've aggressively expanded their footprint by spending over $2.5 billion acquiring nearly a dozen startups throughout 2021 and 2022 as part of their growth strategy. While this underscores their ambition and commitment to scaling up operations, it also raises questions about governance practices within such rapid expansion phases and whether they were growing too fast or without a proper strategy when money was cheap. This all made sense, but as with many things, once the money stops flowing, people start to ask questions. So what does all this mean for Baiju's going forward? Jonathan, it means that while Baiju's navigates through internal governance issues among major investors like Process and Peak 15, as well as external pressures they are hoping to power through with the new infusion of capital. Personally, I cannot say the future looks bright and their chances at an IPO or SPAC seem to be near zero, but this fresh cash infusion at least breathes some life into their future prospects. That was PocketPod News Business and Finance correspondent Scott Dwyer. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Jonathan. The race to create the most efficient and fastest AI chips is heating up. And one company, Grok, is making headlines with its recent demonstrations. That's right. Grok's language processing units, or LPUs, have shown they can run large language models like ChatGPT and their own Gemini and Grok at speeds that leave current industry standards in the dust. These demos have gone viral, sparking discussions about the future of AI applications. And it's not just about speed. The potential for real-time verbal interactions with AI chatbots could transform customer service, gaming, and even how we interact with smart devices at home. But questions remain about how scalable this technology is compared to giants like NVIDIA's GPUs. To dive deeper into what this means for the future of AI and how Grok's technology stacks up against the competition, we're joined by PocketPod news technology analyst Paige Owens. Paige, can you break down these developments for us? Absolutely, Steve. Uh, Grok's recent demonstrations have really turned heads in the tech community. They've showcased their AI chips, particularly the language processing units or LPUs, as a significant leap forward in processing speed for large language models like ChatGPT and others. The most striking aspect was their claim of achieving the world's fastest large language models, with viral demos over a weekend showing speeds that made existing chatbots seem sluggish by comparison. That sounds impressive. How exactly does Grok's technology compare to current versions of AI chatbots? Well, the comparisons are quite stark. For instance, Grok's technology outperforms not just current iterations of ChatGPT, but also other notable names like Gemini and Elon Musk's Grok. This isn't just about marginal improvements. We're talking about a leap that could fundamentally change how practical and responsive AI chatbots are for real-world applications. The demonstrations highlighted speeds that could genuinely make real-time verbal interactions with AI not just possible, but seamless. Can you tell us more about these language processing units? How do they work? 
Sure, Steve. LPUs are essentially designed as inference engines by Groke, making them faster than what's currently seen as the industry standard, NVIDIA's GPUs. A third-party test from Artificial Analysis published last week put this into numbers. Groke can produce 247 tokens per second compared to Microsoft's 18 tokens per second. This is groundbreaking because it means LPUs can enhance the speed of chatbots significantly without needing to replace existing systems completely. Moving on to real-time AI applications, how might this technology change our interactions with AI? The potential here is vast. With LPUs providing such an increase in processing speed, we're looking at the possibility of having real-time verbal conversations with AI chatbots that feel natural and fluid. Removing the robotic delays we've grown accustomed to in current interactions, this could transform customer service, virtual assistance, and even social companionship provided by AIs. There seems to be a trend with the name Grok within the tech industry. Can you explain its significance? Yes, Grok comes from Robert Heinlein's 1961 science fiction book, Stranger in a Strange Land. Signifying a deep understanding or intuition, it's fascinating to see multiple entities within AI and tech adopting variations of this name. It underscores a broader ambition towards achieving profound comprehension through technology. Jonathan Ross claimed his company was first to use it back in 2016. And what about scalability concerns? How does Grok's technology fare there? Scalability is indeed one of the big questions surrounding Grok's advancements. While these LPUs show incredible potential in terms of processing speed for large language models, it remains unclear how they'll scale compared to established solutions like NVIDIA's GPUs or Google's TPUs. Scalability is essential for wider adoption across various fields and applications. It sounds like Grok is on the verge of something potentially revolutionary for AI interaction, but still faces significant challenges ahead. Exactly, Steve. While there's understandable excitement around these developments from Grok, their full impact and adaptability remain to be seen as they confront scalability challenges head-on. Paige Owens, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Steve. In a bold move, the United States is ramping up its response to Russia's actions on two troubling fronts. Right. President Joe Biden announced a major package of sanctions aimed at Russia in light of the tragic death of opposition leader Alexei Navalny and the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. This sweeping action targets Russia's defense capabilities, its industrial base and vital revenue sources. And it's not just about penalizing Russia for its military aggression. These sanctions also serve as a clear stance against human rights abuses highlighted by Navalny's death under suspicious circumstances. To understand the depth and potential impact of these sanctions, we'll be joined by PocketPod News World Affairs correspondent Rose Fletcher. She's been closely following the developments from Washington and has insights into the international discussions taking place across Europe. Yes, Steve. The recent announcement by President Joe Biden marks a significant moment in US foreign policy towards Russia. The sanctions, set to be unveiled on February 20, 2024, come as a direct response to two major provocations – the death of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny and the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. This package of sanctions aims to target Russia's defence and industrial bases alongside severing major revenue streams for the Russian economy. Could you dive a bit deeper into what these sanctions entail and their intended impact on Russia? Absolutely, Steve. By focusing on crippling Russia's defence and industrial capabilities – the US is aiming to directly impact its capacity for military operations and economic stability. 
This means going after key industries that support Russia's military infrastructure and cutting off access to vital economic resources that fuel these operations. The intention here isn't just punitive, it's strategic, reducing Moscow's ability to sustain its military aggression in Ukraine and elsewhere. It sounds like there's a strong emphasis on accountability for Navalny's death as well as the Ukraine war. Indeed, Steve. White House officials have been clear about their objectives. Holding Russia accountable for Navalny's tragic death and its unprovoked military actions in Ukraine are at the forefront of this initiative. Navalny's sudden demise after falling unconscious at a penal colony has drawn international condemnation and demands for transparency from Moscow about the circumstances leading up to his death. These sanctions serve as a tangible response from the international community, signalling an unwillingness to turn a blind eye toward human rights abuses or acts of international aggression. And what about discussions in Europe? How are they approaching this? Discussions have been ongoing across Germany, Belgium and France, with Brian Nelson spearheading conversations related to targeting those who finance Russia's war efforts. These talks highlight an important aspect of international collaboration against Russian aggression, cutting off financial networks that support Moscow's military operations. It's clear there's a concerted effort, not just from the US, but also among European allies, to address these issues comprehensively. Given the history of sanctions against Russia, how do these new measures stack up? Historically speaking, Steve, the US has enacted various sanctions targeting President Putin himself, along with officials, banks and individuals linked to both the invasion of Ukraine and Navalny's poisoning. These new measures represent an escalation in terms of breadth and depth, aiming not just at individuals but at entire sectors crucial for Russia's economic and military capabilities. So what should we be looking out for moving forward? Moving forward, it will be crucial to monitor how these sanctions impact Russia's economy and military operations. Additionally, observing how Moscow responds will offer insights into potential shifts in global geopolitical dynamics. Also noteworthy will be the responses from international allies. Their support or lack thereof could influence both the effectiveness of these sanctions and future diplomatic relations with Russia. That was PocketPod News World Affairs correspondent Rose Fletcher. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Steve. And that's up next for Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. Thank you for listening. We hope you have a good day and we will see you tomorrow. This podcast was created by PocketPod entirely with AI. If you'd like to learn more, head over to pocketpod.app.